Before we get started, I just want to talk about Finish Line at Macy's. They had the latest looks from the hottest brands, Nike, Adidas, Skechers, and Converse, just to name a few. And it's great because you can shop for yourself, significant others, and kids all in one place. I am planning on shopping for myself, though these Nike jogger pants that I've had my eye on, and I really want to get them. Luckily, they're having their end-of-season sale right now, and there's deals up to 65% off, which is just crazy awesome. Go check out your nearest Macy's store to see it for yourself, or go to macy's.com slash finish line. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Yesterday, Golden Globes happened. Last night, even. Last night, less than 24 hours ago. It's very fresh. It's very raw. There's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. Let's start with uh, interviews in the media. The red carpet. Yeah. And so then we're going to start with the heavy stuff. We'll start with the heavy stuff, and then we'll move into more fun things. Um, we'll hand out some awards, like best spouse shout out. We'll do some most egregious win, some audience reaction. The most fun table. Most fun table. Uh, but first, the heavy stuff. So since we last did a jam session, happy yes. new year, Julia, happy by new the year. way. Happy new year to the people of jam session, because we're a community. Since jam session last gathered as a community, hundreds of women in Hollywood launched an initiative called Time's Up, which is a direct response to the Harvey Weinstein and other assorted allegations uh, that came out in the last few months of the year. And it is both... They started a legal defense fund, which has raised $15 million in order to help women who cannot afford legal fees of their own across industries, not just in Hollywood. That's really crucial, and I feel like being not discussed enough. Like, so much there's, like, fundraising, and you don't know exactly where your money is going to. Yes. Like, if you donate to the Red Cross, like, who knows? Like, yes. that could be going to paying their rent. Like, who, you know? Yes. And I actually, like, I find it to be a relief that it's a legal defense fund, and it's specifically for litigation. Exactly. And I think it's also it's an actionable item, which is very important. They didn't just release a letter to the New York times and say, we need to start. It's not just lip service. They're actually doing something, which is very important. Um, So that was kind of the centerpiece of time's up. which started by Reese Witherspoon and Shonda Rhimes and Ava Longoria, like a bunch of women that you've heard of A, a lower point on their action list was to wear all black at the golden globes and to kind of turn the Golden Globes red carpet into a space to talk about issues of sexual harassment and abuse in Hollywood and in other industries. Admirable goal. Absolutely. An interesting fit with an award ceremony. And that was always going to kind of be the point. It was going to be uncomfortable because you couldn't really have an award ceremony at this moment in Hollywood without it being uncomfortable sure but it was definitely there were some high points and some low points. yeah for sure let's start with a high point yes um from the jump deborah messing uh called out e on the e red carpet show yes for cat sadler not being paid a commensurate amount to her male counterpart and that was pretty amazing let's let's play what she said I was so shocked to hear that, that E doesn't believe in paying their their female co-host the same as their male co-host. I mean, I, I miss Kat Sadler, and um, so we stand with her. Great job, Deb. That was great. Can I and call her Deb? I, I think so. Will and Grace's apartment building is on my parents' block, so I've always felt a kinship with them. Like, the facade is right across the street. It's, one, it's 155 Riverside. The Riverside Drive is... On every jam session, yeah. in one way or another. Exactly. Um, another high point for me, did you happen to see Carrie Washington? No, I didn't. the red carpet? I believe she was part of the NBC pre-show. Uh-huh. And she was there presenting, but she wasn't nominated. And she was part of the Time's Up initiative. And she was kind of best case about using what is generally a pretty 
fluffy, yeah, very milk toast at best interview segment in order to speak really convincingly and inspiringly about what they're doing and why it matters. And obviously Kerry Washington is a pro at these sorts of things, but yeah. she was very good last night. I mean, it's important. It's political. So it's like, you got to have a platform. Exactly. You have to have your talking points. And so shout out to her for being prepared. Yes. I mean, that is like, that is a big part of it. And, um, if you are going to be the, like a visible leader of this movement, then you have to have your talking points. Absolutely. Which she and many of the other women had nailed. And, uh, some of the men who were wearing the times up pins, did not really have their talking points down. No. You know, some of them were just kind of fumbling, like, this is important, and solidarity, which is true. That's important. But I think if you're going to wear a pin and associate yourself with an idea, you should learn two lines. It's literally two sentences. You know. They were 30-second interviews. I really don't understand. I don't get it either. Like, some some of the worst were... Justin Timberlake, like, basically on the NBC pre-show, he has a reputation as being, like, a red carpet shine stealer. Yes. Like, that's, like, an internet joke. Yes. And it went to a new level last night. It made me so mad. Um, he – they asked him about his – they weren't even asking him about um, – me too or times up necessarily he just was like such a horrible man on the, on the red carpet they were asking him about the um halftime show and he had like a for the sorry he's doing the super bowl halftime show next right. month and he had like some like coy answer about like how he can't reveal anything and he, the main thing is he didn't let his wife who's why he was there is because jessica Biel is nominated for golden globes speak like basically at all and he was literally standing in front of her like closer to the camera than she was and it just made me so angry it's like justin never like we get it you have a new song out but this is not your time be supportive and he was was wearing the pin the whole time yeah you know it's infuriating and I thought that there were a few moments like that you know I like Sam Rockwell he was kind of on the red carpet just saying things words that didn't really mean anything and I don't think his heart was in the wrong place but he clearly also just was extremely uncomfortable there's something kind of interesting about it. I did feel a lot of people on Twitter, et cetera, were talking last night of like, this is the wrong place and this is really uncomfortable and we shouldn't do this. And I thought it was kind of interesting to watch the discomfort happen in real time and watch people try to learn how to talk about these mm-hmm. issues because I don't know how else they're going to do it. Right. I I don't really know what the ideal answer is to the question Absolutely. of like, do you support Time's Up? Like, yes, of, of course I do. And then like, what are you, supposed to, are you supposed to say like, why if you're a man or like, why not? I mean, no one's going to say why not, but like, I don't really know what the precise good answer should be. And I think that's like part of what's so frustrating is that like right now it's just a lot of words from famous people. Right. And we're happy. It's like a legal defense fund with an action item. Cause like, well, let's actually make some changes and like, let's do something. Absolutely. Um, and so it's like, it's just really hard to kind of watch people fumble through responses. Even when, when they are not necessarily doing anything wrong, like Greta Gerwig after Lady Bird won for um, best com- comedy or musical last night, she and Saoirse Ronan were um, backstage in the green room answering mm-hmm. questions. And someone asked her like, like, how do you defend being in a Woody Allen movie? Right. And it's like, why does Greta Gerwig have to defend that? Like, are we asking Woody yeah. Allen, like, his defense for a living? Like, are we asking, we, are we asking, like, has anyone talked to, like, to, I don't know, just like, like, no one asked James Frankel last night. No one asked Justin Timberlake no about asked, it. Yeah. Was, I, well, Twitter did, actually. And that kind of one of the main memes on Twitter was a tweet about Justin Timberlake wearing the Time's Up. Yeah. literally his Woody Allen movie is still in theaters but you teed me up for a Greta Gerwig moment yeah. which we were talking a little bit about ahead of time I uh and this is about who asks 
questions and who gets which questions yeah. and how we're kind of interrogating this in public. I did not listen to Greta Gerwig's Fresh Air interview with Terry Gross, which I believe came out in November. Yeah, it's from when the movie came out. I am very late. I only listened to it last week. And I am still not over it. I may never be over it. So I'll give a quick summary and you can kind of correct sure. me. In the middle of an interview about Lady Bird, which is a film that Greta Gerwig wrote and directed. It is amazing. And is wonderful. And is my favorite movie of 2017. It's my favorite movie probably of the decade so far. I, even watching the clips last night, I, I was know. really moved by it. It's so great. Laurie Metcalf and Saoirse Ronan are so good. So in the middle of this interview, Terry Gross transitions to the question about this moment in Hollywood and the Weinstein revelations and how are you dealing with the conversation about sexual abuse and assault in Hollywood, which is kind of, you have to ask it in every interview now. Terry Gross is still kind of figuring out how to ask these questions. She asked Greta Gerwig a question about the fact that Greta Gerwig's partner, Noah Baumbach, directed a movie Many months, not many months ago, but months ago, yeah. before allegations came out, starring Dustin Hoffman. Yes. And Terry Gross wanted Greta Gerwig to answer for her partner's leading man's actions. Right. I just don't understand. I am baffled by this. It's very weird. I cannot believe it did get more attention. I think, okay, so obviously it's ridiculous. She's not responsible for Noah Baumbach's actions. She's no. not responsible, certainly not responsible for Dustin Hoffman's actions. No. And... There's just so many questions to ask. I can imagine the conversation pre-show where a producer's like, well, you have to ask about Dustin Hoffman. Like, you just have to. Yeah, well, that person's wrong and should be ignored. And even, But even if you think that is the case, there's a different way to ask it. Like, she doesn't need to be the one held responsible for it or have to answer for it. Like, there's also a way to acknowledge it without baking it into a question. And ultimately, like, what's, to me, so frustrating about it is, like, this is a interview about like an amazing movie and about about women it's about a mother and a daughter ultimately at the end of the day and it is so it undercuts that so much by focusing on her partner's decisions about another man like it is it is so besides the point of what the heart of Lady Bird is about it absolutely, it's so frustrating and I think if you haven't listened to this interview it's extremely frustrating but also fascinating because I think Greta Gerwig handles herself so well yeah and eventually makes the point you just made she talks a lot about the fear of talking about these issues and getting it wrong, which I think, I know I feel that. I don't want to speak for mm -hmm. you, but yeah, we've talked about sure. it. And, I, and then she does make the point of part of the frustration of this is that as a woman, she doesn't get to talk about her own work, yeah, which is very frustrating. And, I, you know, we started this with talking about should she have to answer for Woody Allen? And I don't know. I, You know, I think... At some point, I would like to hear her thoughts about it. I don't sure. think that she has to. I don't think she's responsible for what he did or for policing him. I would be curious as to hear from her as someone who I admire and who I think looks at these issues in the right way. But it happens so quickly that we go from asking someone about their thoughts and experiences to expecting them to be accountable. And by them, I mean so often women to be accountable for the actions of of men and sure. the actions of, you know, the actions that are not theirs. I think that also one thing that I find frustrating in sort of like the grandstanding that goes on sort of like, well, I'm going to ask the hard question is it collapses differences between offenses. And, um, Woody Allen is not James Franco and James Franco is not Harvey Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein is not, um, Louis CK. And like, and just to be clear, like 
James Franco, there's just rumors about him right now. And Woody Allen, there have been rumors and salacious details about him and his relationship with, with Sunni Brevin for, you know, forever. And, and the fact that I had to make those caveats speaks to the point that, like, all of these are separate cases. And it's not like there's one universal experience of harassment or abuse or rape. Like, right. And so by kind of, like, going for the question and making people defend themselves on the spot, it really – it in some ways diminishes the offenses to me because it just makes it like uh, an issue instead of a real life problem or like an actual trauma. And that is also very frustrating to watch. And like, I, and that's not to say like we should, we shouldn't talk about it. And like, I agree with you. Like we should hear what Greta Gerwig has to say at some point, but like um, ambushing her, with a question when she's like right. elated because she just won is unfair and counterproductive. Right. And then to tie it back to the red carpet in a way, while I do not think that wearing a black dress uh, changes anything or yeah. is the only statement that you can make. And I do not think that turning a red carpet into a political moment solves anything. I, I do think it was at least interesting to watch a traditional, a bunch of women kind of take a space where they're usually hounded and yeah, ogled and turn it into a space where they can have a conversation on totally. their own terms. And a place of power yeah. a lot of power restored to them, which was really which is really cool. I thought that was interesting. It's not enough. It's yeah. not close to enough, but it was interesting. There's a lot of tension to me between the power of individual stories and also the power of the collective and how we like and it's like incredibly important for women and male allies to like band together but I also feel like there just needs to be respect for individual experience as well. Like and I, I think in some ways it's really hard to to accomplish that at a um, award show. Absolutely, and but, it's hard to accomplish it anywhere. This absolutely. is going to be a mess. It's totally. going to be a continuing, uncomfortable, frustrating mess, and people are going to make mistakes. Totally, and people will say the wrong thing. And you know, I think it doesn't mean we shouldn't keep trying to sure. talk about it. And that brings us to Oprah because she nailed it. She really did. <laughs> um, I was just so wrapped, and um, it's definitely the best speech I've heard since Michelle Obama, the Democratic National Convention 2016. I don't know what there is to say, because she said all of the words so perfectly, and with so much power and force, that it was felt both like a call to action and also an affirmation of a movement already in process, and she was so respectful of other people in her speech, like, um, just the way she thought she spoke about Reese Witherspoon was very sweet. Yes. I think that sort of, like... The respect she showed for victims and for a movement and also for um, heroes, like mentioning the story she told about Reese Taylor and Rosa yes. Parks was like amazing. It was just an incredible speech. She looked beautiful. I loved her glasses. Like she just, yeah. she killed it in every way. I was really also taken by, she started the speech talking about Sidney Poitier mm-hmm. and watching him win and what that meant to her uh, as a small child and she did something at the end where she said to all the little girls watching this, which I'm sorry, I'm not going to cry, but it obviously reminded me of Hillary Clinton's sure. concession speech. Um, yeah, it was really moving. Oh, look, I'm sorry. But in a way that was slightly more hopeful and, yeah. you know, what it doesn't, it doesn't fix the world, but it was very moving. So I want all the girls watching here and now to know that a new day is on the horizon. And when that new day finally dawns, it will be because of a lot of magnificent women, many of whom are right here in this room tonight, and some pretty phenomenal men fighting hard to make sure that they become the leaders who take us to the time 
when nobody ever has to say me too again. It was incredibly moving. It also showed that at a moment when it feels like government is failing or institutions are failing, that there are still people that can like um, galvanize a mass audience. And it was one of the more hopeful things that's happened in a very long time. I completely agree. She nailed it. She really did. Should we fast forward to? And with that said, we love Oprah and support her in every way, but she has no government experience. So I don't know if she should be president. So, you know, this this wonderful speech and this moment of hope and um, basically reassurance to a, a lot of people in the audience who really need it, my, needed it, myself yeah. included, turned within 20 minutes and should Oprah run for president. And Stedman apparently gave an interview to the L.A. Times where he said that she was considering it. That had been rumored before, too. Sure. Like a few months ago. And, and I was against it then, just for the record. And so within 12 hours, it's now we're having an argument about whether Oprah should be the president. Right. Now, here's the thing. I, there's part of me that would love to have Oprah in charge of my life. <laughs> of course I would. And, you know, if when you're thinking about it as the presidency is defined now, which is waking up to someone to someone's incomprehensible and offensive tweets every morning. And if you think you could just like control P <laughs> sorry with Oprah's tweets, like, yeah, sure. I would love that too. I would love to wake up in the morning to like Oprah's yeah. amazing affirmations instead of that drivel. You're going to have a great day and you're going to have a great day and <laughs> exactly. you're going to have a great day. But, you know, I think number one, that's already available to you. I just follow sure. Oprah on Instagram. It's harvest day. I feel I don't follow. Maybe I will. Wow. You definitely should. And number two, I think it's just that's we have to define the presidency beyond that. Now, that's not to say that I don't think Oprah is capable of a presidency beyond that. And I actually do believe that she's quite an effective person. Sure. But as you said, no government experience. And we just we have to separate celebrity from presidency. Yeah, we just this goes for The Rock, this goes for Oprah, this goes for all the people we love dearly, and would I would love to have both of them in control of my life. Sure. If they want to come, you know, we could sign personal. You can be my personal president <laughs> and just be in charge of my day to day life. Amazing. That would be great. But I just we can't. It's it's not. It's a quick fix that is not a fix. Ultimately, I completely agree with you. And also, um, it just would continue the continue the degradation of democracy. Honestly, like yes. like it's just not acceptable. Which is like it's hard to say in a sentence with Oprah because Oprah's wonderful. Sure, it but has like, nothing to do with her or the person. It's just the idea of a celebrity presidency. Government is bureaucratic for a reason. Like yes. there's levels and like you rise up them and yes. there's like paperwork and like. Um, compromise and learning about policy and it's boring and it's academic and it's slow moving and that's okay because that's government it's not celebrity I was about to say what about Oprah as vice president but no we need to keep it separate and also vice presidencies should be a place for the next president to learn let's take Oprah's message and um, inspire young women to get into local politics I think probably the pod save America guys could like help with that so maybe we'll hit them up sounds great I accept let's go on to the lighter stuff but first let's just talk about our sponsors Finish Line at Macy's has the latest looks from the hottest brands, Nike, Adidas, Skechers, Converse, just to name a few. You can always find the perfect pair to take to the gym or to wear around town, or both, if you're feeling it. You'll also love them because these shoes will stay comfortable long after kids outgrow them, if that is a concern of yours. You can get shoes for yourself, your significant other, your podcast partner, and kids all in one place. You don't have to go to a whole bunch of different stores shopping for shoes. 
Right now, they're having their end of season sale with deals up to 65% off. So go check out your nearest Macy's store to see it for yourself, or you can go to macy's.com slash finish line. Before we keep going, let's talk about a podcast that you might have heard of. Hi, Bachelor Nation. This is Juliette Littman, host of the Bachelor Party podcast. A new season of The Bachelor is in full swing, and so the podcast is back, but this time I have my own feed. You can find new episodes every Monday night by going to theringer.com slash podcast or by subscribing to Bachelor Party wherever you get them. Come for the recaps and roses, stay for the drama, and for moments like this. Please tell me you don't already have a little wiener. I do not have this. So, yeah, you did did good. Awesome. Don't forget, subscribe to the Bachelor Party podcast today. It's available everywhere, including Apple and Spotify and Google. Obviously, Oprah won best speech of the century, or yes. at least top two. Yes. But there are some other good ones. Yes. Well, I've got two for you. Yes. Please hit me. Sterling K. Brown. Uh, unassailable. Dan Fogelman, you wrote a role for a black man, like that could only be played by a black man. And so what I appreciate so much about this thing is that I'm being seen for who I am and being appreciated for who I am. And it makes it that much more difficult to dismiss me or dismiss anybody who looks like me. So thank you, Dan. Thank you, Hollywood Foreign Press. Just excellent. He was wonderful at the Emmys. He was wonderful last night. He's, a, he's one of the great speech givers of our time. He really is. He's got 100% approval rating. Find me one person who doesn't like Sterling K. Brown. How are you doing with This Is Us right now? I just, it's just not, it's just not my show. It's fine. That's shocking. It's, I think it's because I love parenthood so much that I just sort of, that emotional register has been dedicated to a show and, um, I don't know. I just, I just don't love it. It's also like a lot of, uh, the time jumps back and forth. I kind of would prefer two separate shows that were running in parallel. Oh, interesting. Like okay. I, I would I would almost prefer that. But it's I like it still. Okay. I support them. You know, the hot brother is really hot. <laughs> and Sterling K. Brown's incredibly wonderful. Love Milo and Mandy. Like I like all of the okay. I like all the ingredients, just the final result doesn't really sing for me. Anyway, I have watched one episode of This Is Us and will never watch it again. But I loved that speech <laughs> and I'm happy for him. <laughs> me too. He just seems like he got a great a great guy with a great life. Yes. Um I have another one. Okay. That you're gonna have some thoughts on Laura Dern she gave a great speech but where where's Baron Davis that's literally just all caps where was Baron Davis so can you again we have not had a jam session since this momentous news can you as our sources say correspondent crossover give a two sentence summary of what's happening with Laura Dern and Baron Davis Laura Dern and Baron Davis were together outside of the Beverly Hills Hotel yes I'm gonna need you to explain who Baron Davis is to the non-NBA followers Baron Davis is a former NBA player who was on like two legendary teams. He yeah. was on the Warriors, uh, the We Believe Warriors, which took out um, the Dallas Mavericks in, I believe, 2007. And then he was on the Clippers and it was like front row to the former owner, Donald Sterling, who was pushed out basically for being a racist. And yes. um, he just saw a lot in his time and played with fellow legendary players like Steven Jackson and just like he's just seen a lot in the NBA world. Also, crucially, he's from L.A. He went to Crossroads High School. Okay. He's like, so he's just sort of, um, his best friend growing up was Cash Warren, Jessica Alba's husband. He is the perfect, like, um, nexus of all of my interests, basketball, pop culture-wise. Yes. And so to then see him making out with Laura Dern. While holding her purse, which is an important note. 
A woman 12 years his senior. Amazing. Um, Dan, did she look good last night, by the way? She looked fantastic. Uh, she also she um, showed off all the hair extensions that she was going to be wearing on Instagram, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. I just love that kind of That's transparency. True. And so anyway, um, I believe on December 27th, they were ma- yes. making out outside of the Beverly Hills Hotel. If I could, and you can assess the sure. accuracy of this, it was explained to me that in many ways, Baron Davis is the Laura Dern of the NBA. Huh. That's kind of true. Okay. Yeah. So it's a nice match. Yeah. It, it definitely is. Too, it's like it's like two LA people finding each other. Okay. Um, and they've been in a lot of important places. Yes. And seen a lot of great work done. Yes. But they're kind of are a specific. But they're like a niche favorite. Yes. They're not like they're not like a mass um, right. icon. It's not like Kevin Durant. They're for the people who know. Yeah. They're right. for the insiders. Exactly. Yes. It's for the thinking persons. Yes. Celebrity couple. It's like, who's your favorite person on Big Little Lies? Well, obviously, Reese and Nicole are great, but like, I just love Laura yeah, Dern. It's true. like, who is your favorite member of the We Believe Warriors? Well, like, obviously, Steven Jackson is a legend and gives a great quote, but like, Baron Davis is really important okay. to that team. That's great. So. I'm going to say that to other people <laughs> without quoting you in Perfect. the future. Um, so, yeah, so I just was so excited when they were seen together. Right. So, we should clarify Baron Davis was not at the Golden no, Globes with Laura but Dern. I appreciate it because she wanted to keep the focus on A, yes. her work, and B, her cause. Yes. And he would have been a complete distraction. Absolutely, as we just proved. Yes. Anyway, so. I thought her speech was a great example of learning your talking points and turning them into like a impassioned, yes. memorable, accessible speech. Yeah. I, it was really good. She and was very on message. Totally. Um, also, I thought my personal uh, unexpected mm-hmm. was I thought Rachel Brosnahan gave a great speech. Yes, succinct and lovely. Succinct and lovely. I love the Marvel's Mrs. Maisel. As do I. And so I was really happy to see it win. Yes. She is, like, incredible on it. She yes. is uh, just got so much life, it, so much humor. The show would not. The it, show is her. It, yeah, completely her. Um, she is, like, kind of, like, the uh, incredible apotheosis of a Amy Sherman Palladino yes. character. It's just sort of, like. It's it's incredible. She's excellent. And her speech was brief and she was just like there's so many women's stories to tell. Like, yeah. Let's tell them. And just you know, she's she's new to this stage and so that was impressive. I completely agree. My favorite speech was not really a speech, okay. but it was a moment which was Natalie Portman introducing the all male directors category yeah. by just pointing out that they were all men. And all the all male nominees are. Yeah. And here are the all male nominees. <laughs> She it killed was great. it. And then you had to, there are many Twitter threads that are just the five nominated directors reacting to that, mm-hmm. you know, to that moment as they cut to them. And that's really worth seeking out. It's really good. It is. Um, best dressed. We already said Oprah. She's, she's Oprah. won the night. Viola Davis. She looked great. Amazing. The Claire Foy was a favorite of mine. Mm. She was wearing the suit. She was kind of doing yeah. the men's tuxedo. Yeah, she looked you cute. You gotta be tiny and cute to do it, but she did it with the hair slicked back. And then Allison Brie had a kind of similar look mm-hmm. and they already look kind of similar. Mm, yeah. That I, it was a little too close. I was wondering okay. if they had like the same styles, but Allison Brie was more like pants and dress. It was a little, a little different. How do you do pants and dress? It was just sort of like a whole, it was, was it a, a jumpsuit or was no, it? No, it was sort of like a, it was just Are a lot going Are we doing dresses over jeans again? Is that back? Everything from the nineties is back. Okay. So maybe. Great. I would just say that, um, Allison Brie. I, I don't know. I would like to do an entire Brie cast at one point because okay. I have a lot of thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, put how, a pin on that. How much men love her. Yeah, that's certainly true. Um, Angelina Jolie looked great. Yes, and so classy. Yeah. She just has to do so little to make an impact. It's very yeah. it's very unfair. You know, we had a, a piece on The Ringer today by Haley Motek that was kind of talking about 
the black dresses, red carpet thing from a fashion perspective. And she pointed out something that I didn't really know, which is that, though it makes sense when you think back, that people try to avoid black on the red carpet mm. because it's so hard to pull off with the lighting and the yeah, it doesn't photograph it well. doesn't photograph well. Um, but she pointed out that Angelina Jolie is one of the few people who has consistently been able to pull it off. Yeah. Which, if you think back, that makes a lot of sense. Sure. Um, so, you know, she... It, it was easier for her, but she looked great. She does. She did look yeah. great. My uh, my last that I want to throw in there, yes. Salma Hayek. I just thought she looked yeah, great. she did. She was wearing it, – it looked like separates, but it might not have been. You kept saying she was wearing a skirt. <laughs> she was wearing a skirt and a shirt. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but it was like – it was just like a really – obviously like a very clingy – tight fabric mm-hmm. and she uh, like and it just made her figure look amazing and she looked really classy her it's not hard to do that with sama yeah, hayek but of yeah. course her 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 um her her makeup was really understated i think for her standards and like she just looked amazing and i yeah. i also think that she probably i thought the understatedness of her look was interesting given how powerful her piece in the new york times was which was one of the more recent yes. harvey essays so yes. i i thought there was sort of like an um a real um, consonance between, like, about like how she's choosing to make her statement, and Absolutely. I, I really like Salma Hayek ever since Fools Russian. So <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a winner for me. Um, most egregious win, Amanda. I've got a few of these. Okay, I gotta say, so the Golden Globes are kind of a fake award show, sure. and you shouldn't take them seriously, especially when Oscar prognosticating. Sure, and definitely not for TV either. So they don't matter, but I was still they mad. Matter because- even less for TV, I think. That's true. Because they're like true. not even like they're like at such a weird time for TV. You're like, what season is this about? Like, yeah, hasn't the show been on again since? It's right. just really weird. But all of the Oscar people insist that they don't have any effect on the Oscars. I don't actually believe that that's true because people look at Twitter all the time. Sure. But anyway, we're not going to take them seriously. That said, I was mad. Three billboards is not the best picture of 2017. It's not even in. I haven't seen it yet. I saw it and I thought that Frances McDormand performance was extremely compelling and I've thought a lot about it in regard to you don't really see that many truly angry women mm-hmm. on screen but the rest of it's kind of a mess and there are some racial problems and it's not okay it's not the best picture and it it won three awards yeah that doesn't make any Sam, sense and it won three like three really big ones for yes. Sam Rockwell or Frances McDormand so that was not good best picture that was not good uh Handmaid's Tale winning we been there. Have... We, we've been there and sure no. and uh, listen i i wish elizabeth was well and she's a fantastic actress but claire foy is the best actress on television <laughs> i'm just it's it, it's true she is i respectfully disagree but i more than that respect your opinion it's fine because she's in like eight movies this year and then she is should she? be nominated for best actress oh and it'll great. Be great okay so i don't really care the That's... claire foy season is coming it's actually really a, a blessing for her that she only has to do two seasons two seasons yes. of the crown because yeah. she has a lot more to give annie i yeah. love allison Janney. i do too who doesn't? But that movie is just like Alice and Janney on autopilot. It's so easy for, you know, I don't mean to demean the very serious subject of it, sure. but it, the one-liners are just Alice and Janney can do that in her sleep. Yeah. So I don't really understand. It's not really a test of her. Yeah, exactly. Um, who had the best audience reaction? Well, Stedman had a phenomenal night. Stedman was great. The we're, the front row table, we're going to talk about the most fun table, but like yeah. just putting the post squad of everyone who's like won a thousand awards, yeah. plus Barbara Streisand, James Brolin, and then also right near Gail, Stedman, and Oprah right. was just incredible. It was so good. It also made me really um, excited about my 50s and 60s. I just feel like life seems, seems like it could be really good in your 60s. You and I were on a text chain about formal glasses. Yes. I will, that will be my look. I, I look forward to I'm it. Excited. It inspired me to go and get the fancy glasses that I've been talking about for 
a year, two years. I'm going to do it in 2018. Gail, Oprah, and Meryl all wearing glasses looked as part great. of their formal wear was yeah. inspiring. Yeah. They looked phenomenal. Um, okay, but best audience reaction, Stedman was really good. The one mm-hmm. that The Ringer loved was um, Timothy Chalamet noticing Tanya Harding. Yeah. That was great. The Ringer really loves Timothy Chalamet, and I support it. I do, too. Yeah. Great New York kid. Um, My favorite reactor was uh, Mary J. Blige. She (laughs) she just kept popping up in all these different shots, and it seemed like she was having a great time. I would agree with that. So I I support it. I have one more, which was actually not in the room, but um, if you don't follow Manola Dargis, the New York Times film critic on Twitter, please do, because she was really having none of it last night in delightful ways both heckling the ceremony and various uh, mostly men on Twitter who dared to share their opinions with her and try to correct her. I, it was great. I had a great time. I really, really seek it out. I'm going to follow her too. It's You're great. giving me all these new followers. I mean, she's also a fantastic film critic and please read her work in the New York Times. But <laughs> the, tweet, the tweeting was great last night. I skipped an important award. Yeah. Best spouse shout out. Well, mine is a non shout out. Okay. When Gerwig forgot to thank Baumbach. Amazing. My, so after my mom saw Lady Bird, yes. she was weeping, and she called me. Sure. And once she was finally able to stop crying and like get her, her wind back, yes. she was just like, there is no way Greta Gerwig is staying with Noah Baumbach. She is so much more talented. It is on everyone's minds. <laughs> Here's what I would like to say. Sure. I see where everyone's coming from, Mm -hmm. and if I had to put money on the table, I would probably side with everyone. But I would like to believe, in 2018, the two creative people can support each other, and specifically that a man cannot totally lose his mind when his partner becomes more successful. I would like to believe that as well. Let's just set intentions for 2018. Let's just... Amanda. I know. I mean, I know. Have you seen Noah Baumbach's movies? I know. know. As everyone said last night, after Greta Gerwig forgot to thank him, now he has material for five more movies. Yeah. Which is extremely true. I get it. I'm aware, and I love Noah Baumbach movies too. I know. I know. I mean... Can we be optimistic? Can we believe? The only movie that runs counter to this is Francis Ha, and that's because Greta Gerwig co-wrote it. Listen, here's what I'm going to say. I hope Greta gets whatever she wants. Me too. I fucking, I, I love her I love so her. much. I really do. I support, I, she's wonderful. I hope her life is filled with happiness. Me too. In whatever Good luck, romantic guys. form that may be. Good luck, guys. Okay. Most important award because it's the Golden Globes. Most fun table. Yes. What's your pick? Well, I was I, gonna, I just want to say one thing. It's yeah. not, not the one that you would have the most fun at. <laughs> You're anticipating my answer. It's That's- who was having the most fun at this award okay, show. Okay, well, you know that I was about to say that Call Me By Your Name tape <laughs> looked great. But yes, I would love to sit next to Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. They they were doing okay. I think they had Dakota Johnson there because she was in Luca Guadagino's last film. And oh. she is the most She's miserable real, person real in Hollywood. Blanket, so, yeah. yeah. Um, there, someone, I think it was Dan Fogelman, right? Yeah. Took a picture of Tom Hanks delivering a tray of martinis to the post table. Incredible. So that wins. I mean, how do you pass up Spielberg with Capshaw, Hanks with Rita Wilson, yes, and Meryl Streep with I'm sure, her nice husband Don Gummer? <laughs> like, I don't know. That's no, like, she was she had a special. Oh, day. you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh, it just sounds great. Yeah, a great table, and then you're in and, and Barbara Streisand, James Brolin. It's true. God, and martinis brought and to martinis. you by Tom Hanks. I would love it if he was my waiter. 
That, I mean, it would be great. He seems really fun. My like, only misgiving about Tom Hanks yeah. is when he signs his tweets, Hanks, H-A-N-X. Yeah, well, it's right there. It's, he's taking a joke. He's making it. you got to adapt the medium to yourself. I guess you know? so. One more and thing. his typewriter app. He I do want to say app. at some point, I can't remember whether it was, it was when Greta was introducing Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. And it, she came back right after commercial, I believe. And so they were kind of people still getting in their seats. And they went to the audience and you could see Tom Hanks kind of scurrying to get back in his seat. But then he turned around and you could see him like yelling and cheering for Greta before he sat down. Amazing. And I was like, this is great. Amazing. Tom Hanks just seems like a great guy. He really does. I don't think it's a worldwide phenomenon, but I'm having a personal Barbra Streisand moment brought on by the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I thought you were going to say brought on by her Netflix special. Oh, is that coming? It's on Netflix. Currently. Oh, it is? Let me tell you, all I've seen is Netflix, of her Netflix special is on Lindsay Weber of Who Weekly's uh-huh. Instagram, where she highlighted all the interludes of Barbara talking about global warming. Oh, my God. In the middle of her well, speech. Well, then I'm definitely going to watch. Yeah, so I'm on board. Because all of my favorite scenes in Marvel's Mrs. Maisel are punctuated by Barbara Streisand's yeah. song. So, which is interesting because it's like a total anachronism for a show right. that is set in the 50s. But they, that even makes it more interesting to me. So anyway... Um, I was, I was excited that she was the final presenter, but how bonkers that of say. all of the women in the world and all the women who have ever directed a movie, not to say she doesn't deserve it, but she's the only one to have won Best Director at the Golden Globes. That was wild. I mean, that's insane. And she good for her for talking about it, and she has been, she also followed up on Twitter with more thoughts about why that is ridiculous and why it needs to change, and we need to honor more filmmakers, female filmmakers, both the ones we have and the ones we don't yet have. Yeah. So starting uh, with Greta Gerwig, by the way, who should have been nominated if her film was so Best insane. Picture. It's whatever. It's an amazing movie. I just love it so, so much. Um, any any final thoughts? It was a weird night. Yeah. But there were moments of hope or moments worth, maybe not of hope, but moments worth remembering. Oprah, thank you. Greta Gerwig, thank you. Natalie Portman, thank you. But mostly Oprah, thank you. Mostly Oprah. I love Oprah so much. Uh, Thanks for listening. This has been Jam Session. We'll be back in two weeks. Bye.